The Forgotten Legacy of Robert F. Williams by J. Scott. Voice of Robert F. Williams narrated by Jeff Leftwich. Throughout history, historians, scholars, school boards, etc. have chosen what and who to highlight pertaining to the civil rights movement in the United States. This is not a many as the master narrative, meaning the people in power chose the way they wanted to tell the stories of their oppressed, and the popularity of the altered story has overcome the truth. This is very dangerous as the people in power are allowed to be hurt over the oppressed, all while their history is being controlled. It has been seen with Rosa Parks as she is portrayed as shy and meek and not the powerful activist that she was until her death. It has been seen with the Black Panther Party, painting them as the radical thugs and ignoring their many community outreach programs. It has also been seen through the lack of discord on Robert F. Williams when discussing the NAACP, when discussing the Black Power Movement, or just discussing the movement in general, even though he was a very significant individual who left both America and the world shook. I advocated violent self-defense because I don't really think you can have defense against violent racists and against terrorists unless you are prepared to meet violence with violence. And my policy was to meet violence with violence. Robert F. Williams was no ordinary man or civil rights leader. He greatly contrasted with the likes of Martin Luther King, but was put in the shadows of people like Malcolm X and the Black Panther Party. Williams started his career in civil rights as the president of a local North Carolina chapter of the NAACP. His policies clearly stated that the only way black people would be free from white supremacists and the terror that they caused was armed resistance, meaning it was time for African Americans to rise up and fight against their oppressors. Williams so strongly believed that this that he decided to create the Black Guard, a group of African American men who was dedicated to protecting the local black population from the Ku Klux Klan, police officers, and other forms of white supremacy. <clears throat> for NAACP, this was a very radical ideology, and they did not agree with him even though his hard work and dedication is what revived that particular dying branch. This highlights a very ignored part of the civil rights movement. Everyone had a different agenda that they were sure would lead to the end of the black freedom struggle. It was not just the simple Martin Luther King's versus Malcolm X's ideology that is taught, but the movement was very complex with fractions, even within groups, as seen with Williams. In consequence, Williams will later cut all ties with NAACP. But before then, as president, Williams took on a few landmark cases that showed who he was as an activist. One of these cases involved the integration of the local swimming pool after an African-American boy drowned in the lake that was designated for African-American usage. The black community believed that this would not have happened if the boy had the privilege to swim in the neighborhood swimming pool like the white citizens. To make matters worse, the swimming pool was paid for by tax dollars, meaning African-Americans were paying or were funding it but could not use it. Williams sent eight African-American children to proceed in direct action and try to swim in the pool, but they were denied entrance. White leaders argued that they did not have the funds to accept African-Americans at the pool, as building a new pool was too expensive and draining the water every day was also very costly. They even threatened the community with selling the facility to a private company if the issue was pushed anymore. Many black leaders were afraid to react because they feared they would lose the support of their moderate white allies. This was not the case with Robert F. Williams. Because of this, he faced a lot of backlash from his own community. 
Some even wanted to ban him from the community altogether, as they saw his campaign as a direct act attack on that uh, specific community traditions and values. As seen before with many other civil rights leader, leaders, they labeled him as a communist and also his branch of the NAACP as he was the current president. <clears throat> the local Ku Klux Klan saw this as a perfect issue to rally against and gain support from white people who were once silent racists. To make the situation even worse, the police officers of the community were public, publicly protecting and working with the KKK. All of this backlash forced Williams to push the ideology of armed resistance even more than he was before. The second incident that is very important while discussing Robert F. Williams is the Kissing Boys trial. In 1959, two African-American boys, 8 and 10, were arrested and accused of raping a white girl. There are many interpretations of what happened that day, but the simplest ex explanation is that the three little kids were playing a kissing game where the white girl gave both boys a kiss on the cheek. And then later that day, she went home and shared with her parents what had happened. The boys were sentenced to stay at a reform school for black boys with the promise of release at the age of 21 if they behaved correctly. Not only was Williams the key player in spreading this case across North Carolina and the United States, he was also responsible for internationalizing this incident. The United States received a lot of backlash and criticism for the rest of the world as their newspapers and other media outlets chastised the decision of the judge, the support that he received, and the lack of response from the federal government. Because of Williams's efforts, the boys only served four months out of their sentence. Not only did Williams internationalize his case, but in the process, he also internationalized himself as a civil rights leader. But yet, in public history, he is barely recognized at all. Is it the lack of white liberal allies? Is it because he became more of a lone soldier without the support of any major civil rights group? Many of these civil rights groups relied on white liberals to help push their agenda, whether that was through literal means or monetary means. Williams was seen as so radical that supporting him meant losing the support of those vital white liberals. They chose to ignore him instead and only acknowledge him when publicly criticizing his ideology. I wasn't going to crawl to try to appease and accommodate white people who were giving their money, contributing money. That is a matter of human dignity, so they said I was suspended for six months. Even after this split... Williams was still a powerful activist who stood by his belief that armed resistance was the way to freedom. He is a very complex character who internationalized the civil rights movement in many ways, especially when he was exiled in Cuba, which is a whole other incident to unpack and deserves its own podcast. Williams defined what grassroots activism is many times. In fact, he dedicated his life to making his community a better, safer, freer place for African Americans. He also defined black power in so many ways. Williams did not turn to white people to help fix the problems that black people face, but instead called on African Americans to fix their own problems in a violent way. This is black power within itself, but actually carrying out these violent actions, protecting your family, friends, and neighborhood from white supremacy helped African American men to feel proud of themselves and proud to be black. They no longer feared the white hoods or the police sirens because they knew what was attached to their hip and they believed the philosophies instilled in them by Williams. Not only was Williams a symbol 
of growing black frustration. He was also a symbol of growing black pride. But once again, he is never credited for this. Many will argue that his schemes were too grassroots, meaning they were so local that it had little to no effect on the overall civil rights movement, which in result is not interesting to historians studying this era. This can easily be combated, as it was nearly impossible to not know who Williams was internationally and nationally, and in result, one had to know of his work. Yet here we are in 2019 with little to no talk about him at all. Instead, he is once again forgotten, ignored, and placed in the shadows of the leaders, highlighted over and over again in the master narrative.